Welcome to the Gaining Momentum Podcast with your hosts, Abby and Megan. This is the podcast where we try our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now. again welcome gaining momentum community to another episode of the gaining momentum podcast megan how are you this week i'm doing okay it's a very very hectic busy week and i just had to it's like you know when you have everything just happens all at the same time and i think mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about how that um really came to life in the last couple of weeks anyway Oof, but just interesting choice of words saying it came to life if you're going where i think you're going <laughs> not intentional <laughs> Um, edit, edit that out. Um, no, I just, it's, it's one of those weeks where just pile on, like everything's happening in the same week. And like, we had to go to the dentist this morning and my kid has cavities and just like, it's all the things. So I really appreciate this time and space for us to get some time to reflect. Um, mm-hmm. what about you? Ah, I'm doing all right. Um, you know, COVID just, oh, uh, yeah. I don't have it or maybe I do, who knows? Maybe who knows? we all have it at this point. I yeah. don't know. Rapid tests work. Rapid tests don't work. Maybe they work. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you can get one. Maybe you can't. Yeah. It's just like an ending, but I'm making some good progress on my poetry collection. Yay. Say more, say more. Yeah. I'm working on gaining momentum poems, parenting, and a podcast is what oh my, my collection will be called. So that will be available on my website. I'm hopefully I'm timing it to drop the same day as our season finale. That's amazing. I'm so excited. Me too. It's cool. It's fun revisiting all the poems that I've written for the podcast, but also like, I think making them better. We'll see. Jury's out, but yeah, it's (laughs) been fun. And we've done a lot, Meg. We've done a lot. Oh, I know. I was actually doing the same the other day, just out of like curiosity looking back because somebody, I feel like every time someone's like, Hey, I want to listen to the pod. It gives me like a moment to like, be like, Oh yeah. What, what, what have we explored? Um, through the course of like almost what's going to be like 50 episodes, including like mini sods. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like a little bit impressed with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I love like the way that you framed that. It almost feels like a little bit of a memoir like mm-hmm. via poetry, which is like a really beautiful idea. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. Memoir of my poetry. I like that a lot. Take it. Um, Take it. I'll keep uh, talking more about it as the season goes on, as it gets closer. Uh, If anyone wants to buy it, I'd totally be down for people to do that. (laughs) I'll take three. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, speaking about reflecting and just a lot going on in the last little bit. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. We've taken some hits on the celebrities that we've lost lately. Yeah. Have we ever, and like, we were talking off air about how, you know, there, when it's not just you and I, like, this is the thing that like, these things seem to happen in threes, mm-hmm. like these like major, like prolific losses. And maybe it seems that way. Cause we make it seem that way, but like this last two weeks over the last, what was it? Two weeks. We lost yeah. some serious icons. Yeah. Um, December 31st, we lost Betty White. Mm-hmm. And on January 6th, we lost Sydney Poitier. Mm-hmm. And then on January 9th, we lost Bob Saget. I know. And when we're recording this, it's January 12th. So it's just been a few days since we got news of Bob Saget. I know. And I feel like all three of these actors, performers, humanitarians, I don't know, because mm-hmm. they all did such great philanthropic work as well. Yeah. Um, these were all like big part mm-hmm. of our lives. Yeah. Like we obviously like 
Bob Saget was kind of, you know, quote unquote, America's dad. And mm-hmm. like, we grew up with Full House and watching TGIF and, you know, Danny Tanner was a thing. And then America's Funniest Home Videos and then watching, yeah, like if you watched mm-hmm. him do stand up and he directed this movie Dirty Work that I thought was like absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I haven't watched it probably in like 20 years, yeah. but at the time I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um, and the thing that, you know, you continue to hear, and I, I like that you use bodies of work, which are like phenomenal and, um, you know, just like iconic. It seems, um, you know, have had profound impacts because of their kindness and who they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like Saget's reputation was like cheesy, like, you know, that's how I was introduced through Full House and AF- AFE. Um, but then you would hear comedians talk about him as mm-hmm. a, both a comedian and a person and like pe- the world really, you know, like, I don't even think fully knew how funny he maybe was because he was a comedian's comedian mm-hmm. and like comedians will talk about that. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, folks are just really clear about how, like, I heard Jimmy Kimmel talking about it on late night where he was like sweetness. Like he was just the sweetest. Yes. Person. Every, every tribute that's come out has talked about just how profoundly kind he was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And same with the other, the other two that we were well, talking about. Obviously like Sidney Poitier yeah. was a trailblazer and meant so much to the black community. He was uh-huh, the first 100%. black actor to win an mm-hmm. actor Oscar for yeah. Lilies of the Field. And like, you know, I remember one day just like sitting down watching cable and seeing guess who's coming to dinner coming on mm-hmm. and just like being transfixed by him. And mm-hmm. like he was seeing to serve with love. And that always makes me think of the Morgan Freeman movie, which I feel mm-hmm. like is like Morgan's version of it. Lean yeah. on me. And then my yeah. mom and I were talking about him and she was saying how, when she was growing up in Nigeria, how she would watch Sidney Poitier movies at the market in Abaddon. They would play movies outside and she would watch his movies. Yeah. So that's an incredible like reach in terms of the way that uh, one person has impacted people's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a profound loss um, regardless of how, you know, old somebody is. It never, um, yeah, it's always um, hard to swallow when that person's presence is gone, but their work and their impact lives on for sure. And yeah, when you're talking about like, no matter how old they are, like Betty White was 99. And one of the Mm -hmm. tributes I read was something to the fact of like, she'd lived for 99 years and somehow we all still feel like that was too short. Oh, totally. Totally. We grew up on Golden Girls for better or for worse, because I don't think we were the target demo, but definitely watched it. (laughs) I want to say that Golden Girls totally holds up too. Just want to put it out there. Totally up for doing a rewatch. And like, even because you remember, I think I've talked about this before, how I would, you know, watch a lot of sitcoms as a kid and develop my own theories on what they were. And like Rose Nyland featured heavily in my theory about how every successful sitcom at that time needed to have a lovable idiot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I read this thing recently about Rose as a character that like she was a like we didn't we didn't even know the brilliance of that character because it was like an exercise in magical realism like the <laughs> things that she would t- if people are familiar with magical realism it's like fantasy like bizarre um anyway I won't do a good job explaining it google it anyway I thought that was really brilliant I'm like oh totally like it was it's it, just the brilliance of the character and then you know who she was and what she, you know what she did with her comedic life and also like the the stances that she took and mm-hmm. that were risky and not common, um, even like way back when they were unpopular opinions, yeah. makes her iconic as well. Yeah. And she was on TV, like as long as we've had TV, essentially. Like, I know. She, that's wild. Yeah. I think she was first on TV in like 1939 or something. 
Yeah. And like every decade since then, it's just, it's wild. And I kind of thought she'd never go. I kind of thought so too. And like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a docu, there was a documentary that had been filmed celebrating her hundredth birthday that was supposed to come out mm-hmm. um, next week. Well, I guess right around when this episode's dropping and mm-hmm. I can't remember, I, I don't know if they're going to go on with it or not. I hope so. Cause it's still, I, I imagine just a loving tribute to who she was as a person. Yeah. And then I also was just thinking when we were talking that I had forgotten that I met Bob Saget at Pemberton Music Festival back in oh 2014. Yeah. Because they used to have a comedy tent. And yeah, anyone who knows me well knows that like I revere stand-up comedy. I just hold it on yeah. such a pedestal. And I just, I think you have to be so smart to be a good stand-up comic. I'm right with you. And just the yeah. level of writing involved in it. But yeah. yeah, so I went to watch him do a set. And then afterward was lucky enough to, and determined enough <laughs> to like wander over and get his attention and have a quick chat about with him. And I got to tell him how much I love dirty work oh, and I got to take amazing. a photo with him and yeah, it was, it was really cool. That is amazing. Oh, I miss festivals and I miss comedy tents. Mm-hmm. I missed them before the pandemic. Cause I'm a parent. And so like, that's not part of my life as much as I'd <laughs> like it to be, but you know, like, so when there's lots of loss like this and there's just like lots going on in the world, um, there's lots of feelings that come up mm-hmm. for me lately. One of those feelings has I've I'm, I'm feeling very angry. Hold on, Megan, before you get into your anger, that's our topic for today. Woohoo! <laughs> so should we take a beat and explore that further? hundred percent. of how things have been piling up and just uh, noticing stuff that's going on for each of us, we were like, I really think it would be helpful to have a discussion about anger and frustration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about today. So Abby, just to start us out, I'm going to throw this one at you. What is your relationship with anger and frustration? How, like, what does that look like for you? Well, as I um, want to do, I'm going to start with some definitions because anger and frustration are very closely related, but they are a little bit different. So according to Oxford Dictionary, anger is a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Mm -hmm. And frustration is the feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially because of an inability to change or achieve something. And so a lot of what I looked at is sort of that frustration is like an emotional response to stress. Mm. anger often comes about as a result of frustration. So frustration is kind of like a slow and steady thing. And then anger happens more quickly um, as a result of built up frustration often. Oh, that's helpful. I've never heard it explained like that. It's almost like anger is like the escalation of frustration. Yeah. And so, cause you know, I love Mason research. And so I was like mm-hmm. looking on, you know, trusty WebMD and all these other like mm-hmm. psychological resources. And yeah, that's where I landed. Anyways, my relationship to anger and frustration is um, we're pretty tight these days. We spend a lot of time together. Yeah. <laughs> Word. Um, I seem to have invested a, invested a lot of my emotional resources and time and energy into them. Yeah. So, you know, it's important that I keep uh, investing, I guess, if I want to see it grow. Yeah. Yeah. Like we learned last week <laughs> or last episode. Yeah, exactly. Investing. It's, it's yeah. I that's a tricky one. What is my relationship to anger and frustration? Like, are you, are you comfortable expressing one or the, over the other? Is it something that you're grappling with more these days versus like, you know, a, two, three years ago? <laughs> you have three years now. Hey? <laughs> I was like two. Oh no, three. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely find frustration. I don't know if I'm more comfortable expressing it, but I feel it more. And mm-hmm. maybe it's because of that buildup nature of it where, yeah. yeah so I find 
I feel frustrated and that feels different for me in my body than feeling the feeling of anger. And I definitely, I don't know if I experience it differently than I did before, but mm-hmm. I definitely feel it more often. Yeah. Like I feel like, yeah, frustration is always lurking. Yep. What totally. about you? Um, yeah, quite similar. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely more, uh, more both in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if other parents can relate just with the pile on I'm feeling what I'm realizing though, even in your explanation of the difference between frustration and anger is I feel them very differently. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I think I'm sitting in a lot of frustration mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And it's mm-hmm. sort of like underpinning where I'm at on a given day. So sometimes I'm wondering even also if like what I, you know, what I am interpreting it as anxiety is both anxiety and just like utter frustration. Oh, that's interesting. You mentioned that. Like it's like experiencing it in your body in a kind of a similar way, like yes. that tightness, that yeah. sort of like, I'm very like impatient. I'm very, I feel very short mm-hmm. with, with people. Um, I feel like urgency all the time. Yes. Ooh, good one. Yeah. And I, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Like everything feels very urgent because there's just like not enough hours and there's just so much extra tension and pressure all the time because of like the way we have to live and, and the unexpected and the unknown that's mm-hmm. always lurking right around mm-hmm. the corner. So that's kind of where my current relationship lives with it. I think for anger though, when I'm truly angry, so when it really escalates, um, it looks really, it's it, I think I give up, like I cry. Okay. Like, I'm like, I, I think it's like anger for me can look like sadness as well. Mm, interesting. Yeah. What about like when somebody's angry with you? Like, how do you, how do you find like in your life, you respond to anger? I think it depends if it's like being on the receiving end of anger from a stranger, mm-hmm. I kind of just shut down Yeah, and just like, do not engage. Right. And if it's somebody who I trust and feel safe with, then I think I'm normally like, uh, I laugh, like I give it right back. Mm-hmm. Or I try to de-escalate it immediately. It kind of depends what's going on. So it's like different. If it's like something's happened that I'm involved in and we're like in an argument or something, and then there's like anger expressed, then I like, I think I'm more likely to be defensive mm-hmm. and just like respond in kind. But I think if it's like something where somebody, something has happened to somebody and they're bringing the anger to me, then mm-hmm. I have an easier time of like, um, not taking it personally and mm-hmm. stepping back from it and being like, okay, like, I feel like this isn't really where we need to be going with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I would definitely, actually, I don't know. I was going to say, I definitely re- rather receive someone's frustration than their anger, but I don't know. Cause anger I find kind of burns bright and doesn't last. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a really good point. Yeah. I, I can relate to some of what you said. I think like I am deeply uncomfortable with other people's anger, Um, but it depends on who it is. Mm -hmm. Like, like if a strange, like you mentioned that stranger piece, like that, that would, that's, that's horrifying to me. Like that, like in moments where like, I'm on the receiving end of like a stranger's anger, I'm, I'm definitely like a freezer. Like I freeze and it's like a, probably like a survive, you know, we know about fight, flight, freeze. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm at risk. Like I need mm-hmm. to like freeze up. Mm-hmm. I'm not good. At, like I'm constantly in hindsight of a negative interaction like that thinking like I should have said this or I should have done this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not even able to like really 
if I'm involved and I'm being targeted, I'm not really able to like be thoughtful enough to deescalate. If I am observer or I'm a witness of someone's anger and it's not directed at me, I'm actually quite effective at de-escalation because it's been part of my professional life at times. Yeah. I think it's interesting because it, it really depends on who it is for me. Mm-hmm. Like, like if it's my partner, less harmful almost. Cause it's like, we live in this like wild ride together and like, mm-hmm. like there's this, like a more of a comfort of like showing your cards and like the safety in that, mm-hmm. like not in a way that like, Oh, it's dangerous or harmful, but like, yeah. I know what it, I know what it's predictable, right? Like I know Mm -hmm. what it means when my partner's angry and it doesn't affect me the way that like even a friend who I'm like, maybe that's less predictable. Right. And that's the thing that's an interesting thing that you brought up about anger. Cause Mm -hmm. I think we so often attach anger and violence. And so it's like the expression of anger is also an expression of violence. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that like, I don't think that's true. I think, no. I think probably like most violence, there is anger involved, but I don't think mm-hmm. there's violence involved in all anger. No, not at all. And I think like one thing that is really important, especially as parents. And I, like, I used to do a little bit of this work with kids is that we don't stigmatize Like anger is not bad. Mm-hmm. Anger is a feeling and all feelings are welcome. It's about how we dem- we show our anger or what yes. we do with our anger that is yeah. the, that can be a problem and that's yeah. exactly what you're talking about it's a manifestation of anger mm-hmm. like if it comes out in, as an abuse of power because that's you know like for whatever reason social or otherwise that like we feel like we're allowed to do that or we feel like that's an outlet for us and mm-hmm. if we hurt we hurt others or ourselves that's where anger is a problem mm-hmm. but the feeling itself is not a problem did you get that messaging as a kid at all or like how do you remember any like thing about your experiences of anger as like a small person? I don't remember anger being talked about. I remember seeing people being angry. Personally, like I didn't really express my anger as a kid. Mm-hmm. I was more of like an emotionally closed off child where I kind of kept things locked away inside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't show things outwardly, but mm-hmm. probably if you read like my babysitter's little sister diary. Do you remember babysitter's <laughs> little sister, Karen Brewer? hundred yeah. percent. So, Karen Brewer was my girl. I had one of those, one of those like diaries. So I'm sure like if you were to go back and read it, you'd see like lots of written expressions of anger and feelings like misunderstood and just like, you know, not knowing what to do with those feelings. So like mm-hmm. I got the feelings out in one way or another, like I held them in probably from expressing mm-hmm. them to other people and just like comfortably expressed them on the page next to like pictures of like, I don't know, probably like David Michael or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what's so interesting to me is that like, it's so clear that from like a very young age that writing and expression in like a creative and sometimes private way has been like a fundamental outlet for you. Oh yeah. I guess that's true. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Like you're telling me that you would like, you'd kind of keep it in. And then, but the one place that you could put it was like in writing, even if it was private. Um, It's just really interesting like that that's been such an important like roadmap of self-expression for you and you're so talented at it also so it has served you I would say but (laughs) um that's that's such a that's that's such an important piece too though is like knowing like what those outlets are um I don't think as a kid like I I don't think I think I had a much more um like fluid relationship with anger where I was I was pretty I feel like I was pretty temperamental okay like I was I mean, I'm a, I feel like a stereotype of like a ginger, like Mm -hmm. my, I would, I can, I can still, and I did as a kid go from zero to a hundred. And what does that look like? Or what did it look like as a kid? I think that it would just 
like often, yeah, it was like tears if there mm-hmm. was like real frustration and anger happening. Um, but also like getting very loud, you know, like making a making also just making like dramatic expressions of like what was happening for me, which is like that was my creative outlet, maybe. <laughs> it was like verb verbose, right? Like mm-hmm. like no, like I always think of like the example from Home Alone when um Kevin is angry and he's like everybody in this family hates me so like you know those sort of like cute but also like very real and very felt Mm -hmm. like childhood moments Mm -hmm. and I'm noticing like that is that's who I am and that's like how it how it comes to the forward and to the forefront for me and I think that I got some messaging that that was that's that's too much okay and it's just interesting how some it makes me think a lot about like how I respond to my own kids emotions especially mm-hmm. ones that are like big like anger and frustration mm-hmm. um because that messaging about being too much like is harmful also yes oh a hundred percent and yeah I, it's interesting because like you know you're saying you remember like big grandiose displays <laughs> of of anger and I remember like very quiet ones but it'd be interesting what our parents like how they recall oh, yeah. our expressions of anger and in like now how our kids think that they're expressing it versus how we're seeing it or how we're interpreting it. That is a brilliant reflection. And now we are doing our mom Munton shout out where Megan's going to tell us about some cool parenting moves she saw this week. What's up, Meg? Okay. So actually just this week, I had both my kids at the dentist and we go to like a pediatric dentist. And, um, I just want to shout out this parent who their child was, was struggling with the Mm -hmm. dentist is hard for lots of kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no idea if, but my anticipation is that this child may have been on the spectrum, Mm -hmm. the autism spectrum, and was really struggling with like being in the space was high, like you know, lying on the floor, hiding behind the can, the like prize machine and mm-hmm. just like having a very physical and verbal response to what was happening in the off, like in the being at the dentist. And this parent was amazing. Like just thinking back to some of our previous episodes um, on like neurodiversity, mm-hmm. um, it was incredible. They were patient. They weren't embarrassed. They clearly had like back pocket strategies for like how to work with their kid and like make them feel safe and loved and like they weren't wrong for feeling the way they were feeling in that space um and like it took basically I was like oh this is gonna like this is gonna be a whole thing for like a while here it took like very little time for this parent to de-escalate this kid and like get them into the office like get them into the chair um you know behind the curtain or whatever uh and I just thought it was amazing it's just showed like probably like years and years of you know building that skill and like Mm -hmm. understanding that kid and like you know, that doesn't just happen. That's like work as a parent. And it really just like lifted me up and was like, you know, if they can do, if they can get there, I can get there with some of the things that I'm struggling with in my own parenting. Amazing. And because we're living in so much of it right now in our household, I'm not proud of it. Like we're having a hard time with anger in our Mm -hmm. household. Um, myself my partner my children like mm-hmm. it's it's quite a timely discussion for us to be having I'm realizing it's like yeah it might even impact me a little bit like we're not we're not doing well in this department I would argue right now um so I'm happy to be having the discussion even just to get some space to like reflect on it yeah well that's an interesting way to put it you're not doing well with it like what does what would well look like 
Ooh, that's a, yeah, I like that. You're forcing me to reframe. Maybe that's not the a good way to put it. Cause it's like, oh, there's like a good way. Well, there are good and bad ways to be angry. Yes, argue, but like, but- you know, as opposed to like a good amount of anger or like a good, like dose or however many times a day it's allowed. Like, you know, yeah. it's not, I feel like our coping has been compromised. Ooh, like, okay. you know, like our frustration. And I think my kids coping has been compromised also just with everything going oh, our on. Our kids and- coping, all of our copings just been taxed. Totally. I feel like we're just like cycling back. Like so much lately, I feel like we're back to where we were I know. at like the start of things in 2020 where I'm like, okay, I guess I'm bringing out these same activities and I'm feeling like yeah. that same, like now, because I've been burnt out so many times throughout the last yeah. few years where now I can like characterize them as like, it's this category of burnout and this category of this is like the burnout of 2020. And this is more yeah, like, I know. Yeah, for sure. And like, and I think maybe that's where um, I don't, I don't, maybe like anger is not like, it is anger though. It's about, it's all, it's all the feelings, but like anger, because it's one that we need to be a bit careful about, mm-hmm. um, I think is maybe why it's so front of mind for me. But like, I think using that word burnout is really important because I think that's part of it. It's just like gl- global burnout, like mm-hmm. familial burnout, personal bu- burnout, um, global community burnout. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm even noticing it like, from a more community level, like more easily frustrated Mm -hmm. about things that are like, maybe not, I don't know. I don't want to say they're not worth being frustrated about, but like, I'm finding like we found a lot of grace somewhere in the middle of all this for everyone and including like leadership, including our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm finding, I'm finding, and like, tell me if your experience is looking different right now, but like, I feel like that grace is waning and people are putting, are, are more, quickly to be able to turn around frustration. Mm -hmm. So there was like issues with snow clearing in the community that I live in. And certainly we need to talk about that. There's accessibility issues. There's all kinds of like important things, but Mm -hmm. like also half of the city employees probably have COVID. Mm -hmm. So like they're doing their best. Like Mm -hmm. there just seems to be like, people are like ready and waiting for something to be upset about. Oh, that's good. I'd put it ready and waiting for something to be upset about. And also just like somewhere to take the frustration that they have something like we need somewhere to put it. Yes. And like, you can only put it on like yourself and your loved ones for so long <laughs> yeah. before it's like, okay, we need to push that forward. So yeah. how are you expressing your frustration these days? Mm, good question. Um, I've been yelling a lot mm-hmm. and that's like a vulnerable thing to admit. I'm not, I feel, and, and then there's self-loathing. Oh, Meg, I've been reading so many things. Everybody's it's like a cycle. I've been reading a lot lately just about how pandemic parenting and all the yelling that's happening. And then you're flooded with like feelings of guilt and remorse, yeah, like grief almost. But it's like a, it's a cycle. OK, well, I'm really happy to hear that universality because I'm like negative self-talking myself like you're a terrible parent. You're like that wasn't something to get and like their kids being kids mm-hmm. that and- was literally okay I'm gonna put this piece in the resources because yeah. that's what they're talking about like yelling at your kids while realizing your children are behaving like children well that's it and then it's like in hindsight I realize that but when I'm I'm already tapped and I'm mm-hmm. like like I've been saying things like just stop talking mm-hmm. like you know and mm-hmm. they're like but Me they're too. fighting with each other so much and they're angry with each other but then there's it bleeds over into moments where that are like now I'm just irritated and the yes. thing you're doing is actually not a problem but like, it's, it's a trigger. Cause I'm already like tapped. Yes. And so I'm going to respond in a way that's maybe disproportionate and harmful. 
that feels it's just like a vicious you like I like that you talked about the cycle it's a vicious cycle because then yeah. you're in this pit of self-loathing when you're like and my partner and I have also taken to like letting each other know when it was like to, that that was a overreaction or yes. like because we yeah. tend to not be in the same place and frustration at yes. the same time and then that causes anger and frustration and resentment because it's like oh you're judging my parenting or you think I'm doing you know and and we just like it's just a hot mess I think yeah because we don't get that like recharge that we used to get so we used to be able to like get away for a second and now like yeah. kind of all of our safe spaces were either like living in our safe space 100% of the time and not being able to go anywhere else or our safe mm-hmm. spaces have been taken away and mm-hmm. so it's like a weird thing like lately I'm like I'm pretty good for the frustration piece at like mm-hmm. letting people know when I'm frustrated, like as yeah. I'm starting to escalate, I can feel it and be like, okay, like I- I'm frustrated with you because of A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Yeah. <laughs> the reasons are many. The reasons yeah. are many these days. I try deep breathing. I find it doesn't necessarily work for me. And I think my deep breathing is a trigger for my child. Because when he sees me do do the deep breathing, he'll go, no, mom, don't be frustrated. And then like that amps him up. (laughs) And then it's another trigger. It's like, what do you mean? Don't be frustrated. (laughs) And it's like interesting because like my attempt to calm myself down Mm -hmm. is like his, it has the opposite effect on my, my kid. Mm -hmm. And so I've been trying also to just like walk away and give myself like a second when I can. Mm -hmm. And then of course writing because a lot of my poems and stuff like start from a very specific incident in my life. And then like, eventually I'll like diversify them a bit. So they're not like, so clearly like when you didn't do that dish in the sink, I felt. (laughs) (laughs) And then I also have like a playlist. I call my angry running playlist. Ooh, I like that. I'll either exercise to it or just like scream sing to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love a good scream sing and meant I do a lot of mental screaming too. Oh yeah. Me too. That's good. I love that you're, even if they're not always like working a hundred percent like it's important that we we do talk about like brainstorming around strategies and like we're living in a moment where they're probably not going to work a hundred percent because it's like we don't have enough yeah and so I'm just like constantly looking for more because I'm like I will try pretty much anything at this point yeah what are your triggers for anger these days um good question well definitely or frustration whichever comes to mind I mean, okay. So I'll step outside of like, I've kind of already talked a bit about like in my family life, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like just the unrelenting fighting between my kids and like, um, like loudness is a trigger for me. So like yelling and screaming, um, which is funny because like for then my output of anger to be yelling and screaming, um, (laughs) cause like I'll find myself yelling, stop yelling and I'm yelling, which is like, the irony is like not lost on me. Um, but uh, that my uh, unthoughtfulness. Mm-hmm. So it's like if a, if my kid or anybody um, or my partner like does something that's just like clearly like unthoughtful or like you know makes my life harder, <laughs> um, that I'm finding is a big trigger. Like just small things that can escalate. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like in the big picture, th- like I'm really I'm I feel I'm really enraged by you know, like all the things that we talk about on this pod, like I'm, I'm just zero to a hundred these days with like any form of injustice, mm-hmm. like anywhere where I I'm seeing people be selfish assholes, mm-hmm. um, entitlement enrages mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. um, in ways that sometimes prevent me from thinking critically. Cause like, I'm like, like the, any whiff of entitlement, I'm not, I'm not, I'm often not able to like be compassionate. <laughs> so that, those are big ones. 
our collective ignorance and lack of action on like making sure our planet doesn't burn to the ground. I'm angry about that. <laughs> yeah. What about yeah. you? What's triggering? Ah, uh, those same things. Just like mm-hmm. a feeling, I guess, uncertainty. Uncertainty yeah. is sort of a trigger for me these days because I just feel like I can do anything for any given amount of time if mm-hmm. I know how long that time will be. Me too. I'm right. Oh my God. I say that all the time. I'm like, as long as I know what I'm in for, I, I'm resilient. Yeah. Like that's how I feel like doing like workouts, for instance. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I can do anything for 30 seconds. Bring it on. Like I just yeah. like, I'm that person who's always like, how many, how many reps, how many sets? I just need to know that ahead of time. And then I know I can do it. But if it's totally. just like, if I have no concept of it and it's just like that in life, I don't know if it's just like uncertainty or wanting a little bit more control or just like Mm -hmm. needing more like purpose yeah it's like sort of hard to have a sustained purpose towards something when all these other variables are coming around and I don't know when they're gonna leave or how long they're gonna be Mm -hmm. um also hormones yes yes. (laughs) hormones are like a huge trigger Mm -hmm. for me I've mentioned this a few times in relation to my pregnancy but my body I discovered Mm -hmm. it when I was pregnant hates hormones Mm -hmm. does not care for it just like reacts very angrily towards, towards them. So I don't know if over, like if the triggers of my frustration have changed since the pandemic started, or if I'm just around the triggers more, Mm -hmm. definitely I'm burnt out more in the past Mm -hmm. few years than I've been at any other point in my life, including like pre having a child, like when my child was a baby, I'm definitely more burnt out now than I was like having a newborn. Oh, 100%. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think being tired is also a big trigger for me. Oh yeah. Good call. So it's all, I forgot about all those ones. <laughs> I'm like, those all apply to It's interesting when you talk about like, yeah. Also just thinking about like hormone factors and fatigue and like, and like gendered load also like mm-hmm. um, that being like the mental load. I'm not sure if folks don't know what I mean by that. It's like, you know, there is a sort of notion of like, even in the most equitable dynamic or partnership where one partner identifies as a woman and the other identifies as a male or a man, um, like the mental load tends to fall on the female parent. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying all the time, but a lot of the time, mm-hmm. even in like super equitable dynamics. Anyway, I'm just like, it makes me think about like women and anger just yeah. all, all the way around. Like you're ta- like, we have these other things that are also like things that can be triggers, but then we're also like kind of expected not to show anger. Yes. And when we do, we're, you know, we're, we're bad mothers, we're, we're bitches. Like, yes. that's the word that kept coming to mind when I was like thinking about like, when we were like, oh, let's talk about anger and like women and anger. Mm-hmm. And just like the word bitch kept popping into my head over and over because that's yeah. definitely like, you're not being assertive. You're not being strong. You're not expressing yourself. You're being a bitch. Yeah, totally. And totally. the minute you ask for what you need, yes. you're, you're difficult and you're a bitch. And there's, so there's this, um, actress, comedian or like comedic actress, writer, podcaster, Casey Wilson Oh, I love on Casey the show Wilson. that I loved called happy endings. And Me she too. wrote this, um, essay collection, kind of like memoir essay collection called the uh-huh. wreckage of my presence. Ooh, I just got goosebumps. Yeah. Isn't that a great title? Yes. The wreckage of my presence. Yeah. And so she, yeah, she talks about dealing with anger and have, um, in it. And she writes very eloquently and speaks very eloquently about it because there definitely are like gender roles and stereotypes involved in the way we're Uh treated for expressing anger. And I find, especially as a black woman, Uh because there's the whole stereotype of the angry black woman. And so there are countless people who have spoken about this. Like for instance, I'm thinking of Phoebe Robinson's book, Mm. uh, You Can't Touch My Hair and Other Things I Still Have to Explain. Yeah. Where she talks about sort of 
um, in certain situations, almost having to like code switch your emotions. Yes. So that, so that people can hear what you're saying, because if you are visibly seem to be angry, like people can't hear you as a black woman, they just see the anger. And then you just reduce you to the stereotype of an angry black woman, regardless of how valid what you're saying is. Yeah. How fucking exhausting. Seriously. Seriously. Like, can we just take a pause on that? Like, I actually think it's important. (laughs) I actually think it's important to like, really let that sit for people. Like think of everything that we've just been talking about and then add the layer of having to fucking code switch and like filter Mm -hmm. your communication so as to be heard because of the stereotype based Mm -hmm. on like what you look like that Mm -hmm. is like that really just needs to sit particularly for white folks who listen to the pod like that's exhausting it truly is it truly is sometimes you just want to be angry and Mm -hmm. you want that like you want your anger to be able to speak for itself instead of the fact that you are angry speaking for an entire stereotype that people have cataloged into their head then it makes me think like knowing that that's a reality that like you know is bullshit and like we all of the work around anti-racism and like you know uh recognizing bias and recognizing microaggressions hopefully you know people are working on being better and Mm -hmm. like unlearning some of that stuff but like in the meantime because it impacts and it's real and you think about like yourself as a parent and even just talking to your son about Mm -hmm. anger what does that look like for you Well, so in our house, we talk about big feelings Mm -hmm. and we group anger and frustration in the big feeling category. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting. I do feel like a little bit conflicted because I want to teach him to be able to express his anger and to be able to feel what he's feeling. And it's the same message you were saying earlier about all feelings are good to have. And then it's how you manifest them. Mm -hmm. But like, I do have those like moments of internal conflict about how to teach my son to be angry and to express his anger because I know he'll reach a point when he will be weaponized for any mm-hmm. expression of anger outside of our home that his yeah his emotions will be weaponized against him yeah. and it won't just be him being angry it'll be somebody seeing that as a threat yeah it's like how do you be angry and safe yeah in that sitting in that identity yeah and it's like and it won't have anything to do with necessarily how he's manifesting it it won't be that it's like violent anger it'll just mm-hmm. be a black man being angry mm-hmm. and then that what that means in our society and yeah. the way that you like yeah it's just it's a whole thing again exhausting yeah. and just again getting folks to sit in that for a minute if that's not something that you have to think about with your parenting when we talk even about something like anger and you know you can say to your son like all feelings are valid anger is not bad and you don't have to add that extra layer of safety concern yeah. about them expressing anger. Yeah. That's just something to, to note. Like being afraid of being angry in yeah. the wrong place at the wrong time, which could just mm-hmm. really be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> anywhere can be the wrong place, yeah. wrong time. And for me, like we're, we're talking, you know, like I'm not modeling very well lately, but like it, I'm finding that like my bad modeling, like, or my, my challenges right now are a good opportunity to like actually be teachable. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, like that I didn't, I've been angry and it's been showing in this way. And I yelled and like, I don't feel good about that. And you probably don't feel good about how that felt like, and just, I mean, the best I can do right now, cause I'm making lots of mistakes with my own anger 
is like use it as like moments of reflection and teachable yes. like like you know like that's a mistake so let's talk about like yes. what felt bad about that and how do we like do better mm-hmm. um and then vice versa and like with raising for as far as I know boys there's a there is a layer where you know it's it is important to um think about how we show our anger um even though that feeling is valid mm-hmm. um like you know there is I am we are having conversations around like when it comes out in an act of physical frustration with your brother or with me or with dad we have to think about what other ways we can be angry yes because it's not about their safety for me it's about other people's safety yeah and it's about I think we'll both like that's the thing when we talk to our like when I talk to my child about anger and expressing frustration like I've mentioned before I think we have a spa tent so it's like a tent mm-hmm, with like fielded things in where he can just go and kind of not like get yeah. rid of the feelings but just think about what he wants to do with them so he can come yeah, out and like he can throw a pillow you can like you know jump up and down you can scream if yeah. you need to like all these different ways and things that you can do with your anger or like you can speak to me angrily but yelling at me isn't okay there are like different things but like you know and again like it's sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't totally it's a practice sometimes talking to my child about frustration can make me frustrated and then I just like (laughs) you know I feel like I'm in the movie Palm Springs where it's just suddenly you're stuck oh my god I love that movie (laughs) gotta see that movie you haven't seen it and the other thing I think for us is um recognizing like escalation yeah like okay I'm being triggered yes and I used to talk to kids about this. We used to do this thing just really quickly, like called Anger Mountain, where we'd like climb the mountain. We talk about like what are the things that make me mad, mm-hmm. and we'd like note what those triggers are, kind of like what we were doing earlier in this conversation. But then we would talk about and what's my body doing physically, like what's happening in my body when I'm starting to get mad. Mm-hmm. My heart rate is raising, my blood's pumping harder, my muscles are tightening. And then it would be like, and what does it look like when we are in crisis, if we're at the peak of that mountain? So it'd be like, I kick my brother. I do this. I, you know, those things. And then we talk about what does it feel like after? And it feels like trash. Usually I feel tired. I feel bad. So we're looking for like strategies. So it's not bad that we're feeling angry by those things. But like when we recognize our body starting to do X, Y, and Z, and like, we're not thinking clearly, then we need some like tools yeah like what is the anger telling you because yeah if yeah. it's escalating then like maybe some, some sort of you've reached a limit of some sort so like yeah. what is that let's limit? prevent crisis yeah and I think that's mm-hmm. the thing so that we can like celebrate our anger instead of be afraid of it when we find Ooh. like safe ways safe safe things to do with it so that we're expressing it in a way where we don't have like that shame spiral or remorse or guilt or somebody ends up hurt afterwards where like we come yeah. out of it being like, yeah, I was angry and look what I did. And like being able yeah, to be we- proud of the thing because the thing that you did was positive. Yeah, that's amazing. Finding pride and anger. That's a, that's a practice. And I have one last question for you. Yeah. So if you could, you know, like now they say like dance, like no one's watching, laugh, like you've never been hurt, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. In that sort of an ideal world, what would you do with your anger? Ooh, I love that question. I wish I had a room in my house. Mm-hmm. That was just like stuff that's breakable and I could like retreat to that room and it was like without shame or guilt or harm Mm -hmm. my because my anger can come out physically and it's not against people but I I will throw I'll be if once I'm alone in my room I'll chuck something across my room Mm -hmm. or I'll um, I need like a physical outlet Mm -hmm. I want a baseball bat Mm -hmm. and I want a whole bunch of like porcelain vases oh my god have you seen the show sex education Yes. I love it. Yeah. So there's a character, Adam, who has anger issues and he finds, yeah, yes. he goes to this place and there's like, I don't know, abandoned training. It's like a thing. dump or something. Yeah. And there's all, yeah. They just break shit. 
And, and it's so, it actually is so healthy. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you found something that is inanimate to like, put that, put all of those things that are happening in your body physiologically and psychologically into, I wish I had a room in my house where I could do that. Nice. What about you? Um, I would just scream out loud until my throat was raw so that it would be like a physical release of emotions and negativity and just like that rawness. I like, I would, and it would help me feel it more and feel like I got rid of it. Cause like in the rawness, I'd be like, Oh, that means I got there. Like I've released it. Yeah. You got to put it. it It's not going to go anywhere and it's either going to come go into inside and it's going to result in all these other kinds of, you know, habits or behaviors that are not great and can cause harm or it's going to go out. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I love that. And I, I, you know what I would love, I'm going to pop them up on the gram, um, following the episode, some questions for folks or polls around like, what would you do? Yes. What it would be your be angry? Like no one's watching outlet. Yeah. Um, Cause maybe that brainstorming can help people figure out, okay, I'm not going to get a room in my house where I can break stuff, but maybe I can find a space outside where I can do something that's like equivalent, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm going to do right now? Hmm. I'm going to end the episode. Bye. Bye. pause for momentum buttons everyone has buttons that someone else can push sometimes by accident sometimes by careful calculation then the feeling washes over taking control for just a moment like being drunk without a drink out of patience you lean into it refusing to be shamed for it painting with the colors of your full emotional spectrum and why the hell not maybe it feels reckless but you've learned how to show it without laying waste or producing carnage because you know your anger is no excuse to cause someone else's pain A lesson you hold dear as you impart it to your kids, one calming breath at a time. We acknowledge that Gaining Momentum is recorded, produced, and edited on the unceded territory of the Selic Okanagan people and the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe, Anina, Oji Cree, Dena, and Dakota peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Gaining Momentum. Gaining hosted Megan and Ash. With artwork by Catherine Katja. With music by Evan Dye Sark. Please check our show notes with each episode for more information on Catherine and Evan, plus how you can stay in touch with us through email, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.